everyone, and welcome to Documentation Station. I'm Steve Welton. Thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you find today's topic valuable to you and your practice, and maybe just a little entertaining as well. If you're new to this podcast, I'm a clinical professional counselor and consultant working with behavioral health professionals across the United States, and I created this podcast to discuss a range of topics related to the world of behavioral health practice, especially as it relates to documentation, but also topics across that sphere. I was reading an article on uh, the Psychology Today website the other day about a topic near and dear to my heart. Uh, Maybe you've seen it as well. It, It was about procrastination. As I read the article, other than thinking about my own half-completed projects that exist around my house that remind me that I'm not immune to this concern, I next thought about some of the clinicians I've interacted with in my consulting practice. Not necessarily clients, though some, sure, uh, but certainly clinicians who struggle with this. As the article points out at the outset, We all put stuff off from time to time. We all have a habit of procrastination. It's a natural tendency for nearly all humans. In fact, in another article on the topic, published in 2007, uh, looking at the question from a sociological perspective, the author, Steele, uh, found that there was no significant correlation between multicultural differences and procrastination. In other words, procrastination is a relatively stable personality trait across cultures. In its simplest form, procrastination is a mechanism we use to avoid doing something we believe we will not enjoy. Well, there's a lot to unpack with just that. And and certainly not enjoy can mean all sorts of things. But I think it's a great place to start a conversation about the topic. So why do I want to talk about this today? In my consulting practice, I end up talking to a lot of clinicians about the same topic. How do I avoid failing an insurance audit? Now, I'm sure most people listening to this podcast understand this simple topic. Because if you're a behavioral health clinician and you're contracted with insurance companies to provide services to their members, most maintain a concern that the insurance company will, when the clinician least expects it, come back and take money from them through an audit process. Now, there are stories aplenty about clinicians who have had to return tens of thousands of dollars uh, as a result of an audit, so the concern is real. It does happen. It happens nearly every day. Now, I'm not going to get into all of the ins and outs of the process today uh, regarding audits. And, and there are certainly all sorts of reasons why recoupments or clawbacks happen. 
But I'll start with that basic notion. It happens. And one of the reasons a clawback can happen every day is procrastination. So how does that happen? Well, there's a basic expectation that progress notes will be completed in a timely manner. Some insurance companies say within 24 hours from the time of service, and some say 48 hours. Some aren't quite so clear and just use the term timely. So CMS for Medicare says 24 to 48 hours. But for all of these, timely is measured in hours, or if you will, a day or so. But it's not ever when I get to it. And yet, an, an area that many clinicians struggle with, and maybe you're among them, is getting progress notes written and signed in a timely manner. The barrier of procrastination, doing that thing we don't like to do, gets in the way. When I talk to clinicians about progress notes, which comes up a lot, the, the most common frustration that I hear is that they're not sure what they need to document. And I, and I get it. It can feel confusing and the feelings around the confusion can lead to the procrastination barrier to appear. Dominic Vogue, a professor at Princeton University in his work on understanding and overcoming procrastination writes, Procrastination is not a matter solely of having poor time management skills, but rather can be traced to underlying and more complex psychological reasons. He sees procrastination as a self-preservation technique. We in the behavioral health community might see it as a maladaptive self-preservation technique, but it lands somewhere in the same place. While there are a range of underlying reasons that can drive procrastination for us, the two areas that at least seem to be chief when it comes to progress notes are basic time management and perfectionism. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, wait, Steve, you just said that Vogue says that procrastination is not simply a time management problem. But bear with me. I do get it. Though I hear the argument all the time that the one reason why notes don't get done on time is because of the small amount of time many clinicians have between sessions. So time is a barrier. It's it's more complicated than that, but but I want to at least account for it because a lot of clinicians experience that angst every day. On the question of time itself, finding and implementing an effective time management technique could help manage the challenges associated with 
getting notes done within that expected time frame. Now, stress on the effective part. An ineffective time management technique, one that is inflexible and focused on the very magnitude of the task, can be really counterproductive to the process. And, and so it becomes a self-defeating effort all on its own. According to Burka and Ewan, who wrote about this topic in their article, Mind Games Procrastinators Play, while procrastination can seem to be just a bad habit, it is instead more likely to be a way of expressing internal conflict and protecting a vulnerable sense of self-esteem. So, selecting an ineffective approach to solving the time management problem could simply be another procrastination technique. And while some clinicians do simply press too much work into too little time, with no space in between sessions to complete their documentation, many, if not most, clinicians who struggle getting progress notes completed timely, even in the small window scenario, admit to struggling in large measure because they're not quite sure what to write. So, they write everything. Or, they write nothing. The clinician of perfectionism with the struggle of doubt can very easily create a freeze-frame effect which leads on to the painful bout of what would get defined as procrastination, though feels more like paralyzation. If the timepiece was washed away and we were left with the simple requirement of writing a progress note in a few minutes, and we knew what everyone wanted, that would be magic. It would remove the stresses related to the process for most. But if you're left with an expectation that any progress note you know how to write takes a half an hour to complete, well, then time management is not your challenge. Setting the expectations of the note is the challenge. Now, I'm not saying anything that most people have not thought about related to this topic, and there have been a wide range of solutions, you know, forms and techniques for addressing this issue out in the marketplace. Some are better, or at least more aligned with the community standards and the expectations of insurance companies, and others are, well, let's just say less better. My goal today at this point is not to snipe at the range of solutions out there today for you to choose from. I'll take that up on another podcast. I really want to stay on task and talk about the theme, procrastination, because the reality is 
when the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services does comprehensive error rate testing reviews across all types of service delivery, including but not limited to behavioral health. Notes completed late is consistently identified as a key issue. So we in behavioral health are not alone, but we are definitely consistently challenged by it. With that 24 to 48 hour window we have for completing progress notes in a timely manner, the window is set for us. Maybe we can get by with a little bit longer, maybe, but planning for grace by pushing back what the established rules are seems like a really bad plan to me. I know. No pressure, right? And as Vogue would argue, the pressure can very easily go to increase the anxiety which triggers a worsening of the procrastination. Now, I've had consulting clients who have described this cascade in very vivid terms and include descriptions like embarrassment and shame, just to name a couple, to describe how they feel every day when they think about all the work they have left to do and how tired and overwhelmed they feel at the end of every day. The Psychology Today article talks about how procrastination can result from the fear of not being able to do something well. The perfectionism piece I mentioned earlier. And that links right up with the feeling that many clinicians have about not knowing what really should be in a note out of lack of training. And most of us can nod in agreement that training in clinical documentation is woefully lacking. And with our concern about the lack of knowing comes the rumination and becoming fixated on the negative thoughts. And what could be a worse negative thought than the fear that if I don't get this right, an insurance company is going to come after me and take money back that I earned from providing psychotherapy services. Without a sense that we know how to do something, we end up frozen with our lack of self-confidence or anger in the unfairness of the process. And so we make it worse by not doing it at all. And there are those clinicians who in the midst of their fear find themselves paralyzed and not writing notes at all and hoping they will not be discovered. Vogue says that awareness is the first step out of the cycle. If you don't know the root cause of procrastination, we are bound to be trapped by it. And so, while spending a bit of time working through an honest self-assessment might just sound like a homework assignment you gave to a client today, it can help you to put together the start of an effective plan to get you to the other side. Then, 
shift your focus away from the big task and settle on smaller pieces to make it less intimidating and commit to tackling those small tasks. Sounds like a treatment plan to me. With some of my clients who struggle with writing treatment plans, for example, once we've agreed to a plan for, for the structure, I often encourage them to just build a couple so we can come back and see how they're doing and look at them. Now, oftentimes they realize with a good structure for how to tackle them and understanding how to effectively organize the plan that they are easier to take on and and write than they had ever imagined they would be. And so they just keep on going. But with those tasks, be realistic. There, there may be some big challenges and course corrections that you need to make and setting unrealistic expectations can lead to self-sabotage. Sometimes you do have to break big pieces into smaller bites just so you can accomplish them. Allow for those opportunities for success. Having a good plan for what you want as an outcome, a new progress note process, a new structure for treatment plans, gives you a solid direction and will help you to experience the gains. Now, make sure you have a plan that will meet the basic needs of what you are trying to fix. Don't grab on a direction just because it's expedient. Develop one that meets your needs and actually meets the standards of the audience. A good progress note that meets the needs of community standards should be able to be written in under five minutes, nearly always. Are there exceptions to that? Sure. If you have a crisis situation and need to make you know, calls or assessments, those notes will take longer, but a regular progress note can both meet the requirements of the note and be brief. So don't let yourself live in the anxiety of procrastination related to your documentation. Face it, understand it, and build a new path so that you can get yourself out from underneath that cloud. This is Documentation Station. <music>